0: We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yagara people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yagara country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hello and welcome to this The Sports Social Podcast. I am your host, Libby. Hello, I'm Georgie. And this week we will, of course, talk about the joy, humanity, and heartbreak of sport from the past week. Yes, in sport.
1: Can I claim that dancing is a sport? Yeah. Because of course it is. I danced last night and it was so much fun. Where did you dance, Georgie? Uh, At a bowls club, at my local bowls club, as part of those two girls put on a 40 loose disco. For females only, or people identifying as female, and it was just three hours of solid fun. I didn't get to go, unfortunately,
0: but the reviews have been
1: epic. It was outstanding. I can't wait to go to
0: the next. I'm one. exhausted.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a workout. Yeah, well, dancing is a sport. It is a sport.
0: It is a sport.
1: And interestingly, it's a sport that is huge in the zero to fourteen category of girls. Oh. It is like nearly seventeen percent of girls do some form of dance. Well, that doesn't surprise me. And then when you move into fifteen plus, it totally drops out of the top ten.
0: Would that be similar to a lot of sports though? Like a lot of like just sport in general for girls just
1: Well, we we do know that sport really drops off it's at its biggest peak at the age of twelve and then it just falls off a cliff mm. by the time we hit hit twenty. And and dancing seems to be part of that loss, yeah. And it shouldn't be.
0: Gosh, no. It uh, it sounded so much fun last night. I yeah. Well done to Sarah and Lee's for putting on a, a cracking event. A great. As always. And I
1: do you know what I really loved? By nine o'clock, it was all over. And by yes. ten o'clock, I was asleep. I mean, that's how. What it sh- a great night out. That's how it should be. <laughs> that's my life
0: now. Can I be asleep by ten? Excellent. I mean, done. Can I wear whatever I want? Yes.
1: Can I have hot chips? Absolutely. Oh, deep fried goodness. (laughs) Libby, this week we're speaking to Nat Drake, who is the Director and Head of Ops at Vivid Sport Management, which means she's a player agent for AFLW, AFL and some netball players. Awesome. And we need to talk to her about this thing called the draft. Draft the AFL draft because there's I'm, an AFL draft. I know it's coming up this week, but I don't know
0: anything about this, and I only know it about the NFL draft.
1: Oh yeah, that's only well, I'm probably basketball. But do you understand how it actually works? Oh no, no. <laughs> Other than there's great excitement at certain parts of the trading.
0: Although I have spoken to a few AFL players on all that glitters, and I know that it's a big deal. Well, no, I usually am talking to them because I get cut. Oh, <laughs> that was a bit awkward of me. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I so really exciting. didn't read the room on that. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so I know it's both ends of the spectrum. It is a very exciting time, but it's also tense for some. Nat, welcome. Thanks for coming
1: on our show. What is the draft all about?
2: So basically the draft at its core is quite simple, but as I guess with all things in life, There's many things that happen that make it not simple. (laughs) Um, So the draft is a vehicle for, say, new talent, generally 18-, 19-year-olds but also mature talent to get into the AFL system. So
1: these are people who are outside the sport uh, at the professional level at the moment?
2: Yes. So most of them are new talent but also delisted players who have been cut from a team. It's also a way for them to get back into the system so they've been let go and they can come back in through the draft.
1: Okay, so you have these players, do they nominate to go into the draft?
2: Yes. Yep, so you have to put your name in the pool and then basically at the end of the season they take the ladder, they flip it and that's the draft order. It's like picking a team when you're at school and you ah. pick your players. So they get to pick first. So they get the best player in the draft.
1: Do they set the price or what? who sets the price for that player?
2: So there's not a price – you can just pick whoever you want. Um, when a price comes into it is there's some extra things like father-son picks, academy picks. What is a
1: father-son pick? So
2: if a player, a past player, has played the general rules 100 games for a club, that club gets dibs on their son.
0: Yeah, they get first dibs. They get first dibs on ah, I didn't know about that.
2: Wow. Yeah. So the Lions potentially will take two father-son players. Um, and they're also adding another father-son player onto their Cap rookie list. Does that then influence how much you have to pay for those players though? Yes. So they're the ones you have to pay for. So as okay. a general rule, you just take your pick, one, two, three, four, all the way through. Um, but if a club, so the player in questions, Will Ashcroft, so he's potentially the number one player. Um, and his father played a lot of games for Brisbane across that premiership period. So he potentially is number one. GWS have the number one pick. So in a sort of uncompromised draft, you'd say they're going to take Will Ashcroft. But Brisbane can say he's ours, so we're going to pay points. Each draft pick's worth points. Um, You get a discount if it's a father-son, so they don't have to pay the actual amount of points that draft pick's worth. But then they have to pay the points to take him and then they'll get him and GWS will then get the next pick to pick the next best player.
0: (laughs) I can see how it gets complicated. You got Uh, me there (laughs)
2: there really quickly.
0: No, this is fabulous though. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's really interesting. So each team has a certain amount of points. So potentially, depending on the value of the player, they could get two players or they could get three players if it's like a less valued player.
2: Yep. Or you can go into deficit for next year. Oh. So. <laughs> it's a cool. bit spendy. Yeah. So <laughs> so you're going into debt. <laughs> yes. So when, they first, when you first get the draft order, you have your set picks. So it goes, as I said, 18, 17, all the way through and then again and then again and then again. In the trade period, clubs will trade picks. So Brisbane have traded a lot of picks. So they have now have a number of picks in the 30s so that they have enough points to buy Will Ashcroft.
1: So the trade period happened before the draft. Yes. So, that's so that just, happens
2: at the end of the season.
1: And and I was actually talking to Nat about this yesterday that during that trade period there were a lot of players who came out and said they were very homesick mm. and wanted to go home and they yes. needed to be close to family. And yep. and And look, to some extent they probably would like to be home but also... It's a way of saying, I just want to go and pay for the club in my hometown. It's mm. it's a, a sort of a cover, I guess, for yep. them want going where they want to go.
2: Yeah. There is a lot of players who do want to go home, which is actually why the Queensland teams and the New South Wales teams ended up getting academies. So they could create their own talent and not just have to pick the kids from Melbourne who then had two years on the list in Sydney and then went, I want to go home. Wanna go back. Mm. So to- they developed them for two years and then they lose them. So that's how academies.
0: But see, that makes so much sense to me. Like I would not want to go – I did go live in Sydney to swim for a couple of years and it sucked. (laughs) Yeah. Because you're away from your entire network and you're away from your friends and your family, all of the systems. And some people, you know, can thrive in that sort of situation totally um, depending on the environment but often you do miss home.
2: Yeah, which is totally fair enough. Yeah. But I think um, it costs a lot of money – to develop a player yeah so if you've spent all that money on a player for those two formative years yeah and then they're like I'm just gonna go home now bye, okay, bye. <laughs> um yeah it's pretty frustrating it's a lot um, of money down the drain it's a, it's a lot of money down the drain and yeah the northern teams were losing out in that sense it Ooh. still happens less now and I think it's also on the club to make the player want to stay but that's exactly right that's part of it as well makes a nicer environment a, yeah so that's good. But that's why they brought in the academies and the academies are similar in the father-son where a club can pick a player that's in a Lions academy but then the Lions can say, no, nah, we, we want him and then pay.
0: You also mentioned before we started speaking about a rookie draft. Yes. What's a, a, wookie, a, wookie, a, wookie, <laughs> a, a wookie draft? A
2: rookie draft. So there's a separate list. So the AFL list is 44 players max but you have to have – at least 36 of them on the primary list. So you can have 36 to 38 players on your primary list and then the rest are made up of rookies. Okay. So which is a separate list and some of their salary or most of their salary is outside of the cap. So it initially started as sort of a way to get players who probably weren't quite ready to get drafted or also for like Queensland players because Queensland talent seems to be a little bit behind Melbourne talent and SA talent. Um, so it was a way to get them on a, in a club without using a list spot on someone who was sort of Not quite untried. ready. Yeah. Not quite ready. Which is then also where cat B rookies come in, which is for a player who is a Queensland player or uh, an Irish player.
0: Oh so yeah, because Gaelic football is a whole with thing. A lot of
2: Irish players were Cat B rookies. And then if you haven't played footy for three years. So Daryl White was a player for the Brisbane Lions back in the sort of nineties, two thousands. Absolute brilliant player, one of my favorite. <laughs> so his son was a very good basketballer. So he hasn't played AFL for three years. So the Lions are putting him on as a cat rookie as a player who hasn't played the sport for three years.
1: Wow. It's quite fascinating. I think the fact that you have a kitty and you can play with the amount in that kitty leading up to the draft. It actually sounds like it's a it's an incredibly strategic process that goes on for these teams. What is it like for AFLW?
0: Is it the same or is it not as sophisticated?
2: Um, it's similar. Yeah. So they have a draft. In saying that, the way that it works at the moment is completely different because they have state-based drafts mm. because players don't earn enough to say you have to move yeah. to Perth to get paid. Yeah, the so amount. they. S- they need so to be in their you local areas. For which draft you want to be in? Got you. So the Queensland girls will generally they can say, "I want to go to Brisbane, or I want to go to Gold Coast, or I'll go to either." Yeah, and go. So they have their own draft, and then everyone else sort of goes in the Vic draft or whatever state. Um, but a Queensland name. girl can nominate to go in the Vic draft if they want to go to a Victorian club. The number one draft pick the last two years have been Victorian players, but they've gone to. Gold Coast and Sydney. So the club has convinced them, we want you, so put your name in this draft, and then they've been able to get access to that talent. Who who should we be watching in this draft this week? I think mainly the thing to watch is Will Ashcroft, who is the father-son to Brisbane, to see where, who bids on him because ultimately if he's the best player in the draft, GWS should bid on him because he's the best player. Mm. But... Apparently, they're not going to do that because a number of reasons. They might not think he's the best player in the draft. They might think someone else is the best player in the draft. Also, I think from a sort of sentimental value, if they've got number one pick, they might want their player to be number one pick, not be number two pick. Oh. Um, and say, we want you first, not ah. we're going to put our bid on someone else and then get you number two. Oh, there's a so pride thing. be a thing. Well, I, that's yeah. How I would no, it's feel. fascinating. Um, and then yeah, but then North Melbourne have pick two and three, so they'll probably. So basically, they just make Brisbane pay.
0: I mean, I get tradition and I get that connection to history and all those sorts of things and the pride of wearing the jersey that your father might have worn. But if a player doesn't want to go for the father son, yep. then can they say no? Yep.
2: Also. They can. Um, there was a player, I was going to say a few years ago, but he's probably like the same age as me. So <laughs> <laughs> probably about 20 years ago now. It's just um, a few years ago. It's yeah, a, a couple years of years recently. ago. Um, and he said no. And so he played for Carlton. Interesting. So, yeah, you can say no.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: definitely. I just imagined that that wouldn't happen
1: that often. I, guess, I don't know. I'm going to. It's certainly though something I'm going to be tuning into this mm. week because now I actually understand it. Yes. Or I understand it a whole lot more than I did 10 minutes
2: ago. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's fascinating. There's just a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of things that can happen that change the way the draft falls and the picks fall. And as sort of a player agent, having gone through it for many years now, it's really hard to be confident that a club that says they're going to draft a player will actually take that player because you don't know what's going to happen prior to them getting to that pick. Like mm. they could say they could, they work out what they think all the other clubs are going to do. And based on that, who they're going to take at that pick? But if the other clubs throw a spanner in the works, it can change everything at the drop of a hat. I'm going to be tuning in. (laughs) I know.
1: (laughs) Sounds like an intense 48-hour period of time.
0: It actually makes it really... Exciting? Yeah. Like, weirdly. Yeah. Is is that weird? No, I agree though.
1: (laughs) Because I can imagine you're sitting there and you're going, oh my gosh, right, they just took that player and we were thinking about that. And that then changes your whole dynamic and setup of the team. Like... And then there each would be player. a scramble,
2: right? Yeah. Like, who
1: do we pick now?
2: Yeah, there is. And that's why each club gets a time period for ah. each pick. Hang
1: on. Ah. What, do we, what do you mean? So when it comes to their pick, it's like the clock starts. Yep. And how long have you got?
2: Oh, you're pushing it five minutes? Oh, wow. Oh, that, that's a we'll scramble. Need to, we'll need to fact check that. We don't fact check <laughs> on this show. I'm very <laughs> sorry, Nat. Just Just casually. But...
1: Okay, we so... We hold you to
3: it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, okay, it comes to your turn and someone literally yep. starts a clock and you've got five minutes.
2: Yep.
3: Oh! <laughs> That's <funny>.
2: excellent. <laughs> That's excellent. I really hope someone throws a spanner in the works. <laughs> the best one is when pick one, they don't pick it straight away. <laughs> and you're like, you know who you're picking. <laughs> Just pick it. Like it's like they didn't do their homework. <laughs> See who we're going to pick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh, Nat, that was so brilliant. Nat, thank you so much for you your for knowledge. Me. That, was that,
1: that was really cool. So good. I look forward to t- tuning in. Where, uh, where where does one watch the draft?
2: Uh so it's on Fox Footy. Okay. Um, and KO. Okay.
1: Tune in. Love it. Thanks, Nat. Thank you. <laughs> it was a massive weekend of finals and interesting sport over the weekend. Yeah. Producer Jace got to go to the golf. The Australian PGA? Yes.
3: How
0: was
1: that?
3: I wasn't sure what I was expecting, but it was actually really good. I saw Cam Smith up close, like him driving. Did you touch him? No, I didn't. Did you touch his mullet? Well, that would be weird. That would be weird, but (laughs) it's really good. I I thought we'd just be so far back in the crowd that we wouldn't get to see up close some of these really great players, but we just sat up two, two holes ahead of where they were teeing off and then by the time they get to us, we're front row. Amazing. Yeah,
1: it was really cool. What was the vibe like? Was it really conservative and quiet?
3: I actually thought it was going to be a bunch of old men. Yeah. But it was everyone. It was diverse. Like anyone you could think of was at the golf. It was so cool.
0: I saw a lot of people that I know who who went along. And I think it's partly – well, golf is in the Olympics now. And obviously with Brisbane hosting the Olympics in 10 years' time, I think a lot of – people are just descending on any type of olympic sports.
3: Mm. And the, the, I think that golf used to be very like rich, stuffy, rich and boring. Yeah. But they have like a party hole and stuff where all the bars and everything surround it and everyone's on the piss and you know just having a good time responsibly obviously. Yes. Yes, drinking responsibly. <laughs> and do That's you have to be, do
1: you have to be <laughs> quiet at, like yeah,
3: so when they're when uh, on the party hole, they've got music playing while they're teeing off and stuff. Wow! But on the on the regular holes, they're like they it's everyone's quiet and respectful.
1: Do you think it's the type of players that are now part of golf who are drawing a different crowd? Oh,
3: I mean, Cam Smith is—he's
1: just a party. Yeah,
3: he's a party guy. Did Did you know? I didn't know this, but so he plays a, a golf course called One, One Teamer. That's where he started, and it's in Brisbane. And so every time he wins a competition, he shouts the bar at One Teamer. Oh, golf I I actually play at that golf club every now and then. Yeah. So. That's so cool. Yeah. What a nice guy. Mm.
1: All right. So maybe we could put the golf on our list of things we could potentially go to. Yeah. That's a good recommendation. Yeah.
3: Good, hi- good highlight. Good <laughs> <it a> highlight. <laughs> 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 Great highlight. We'll find out about just. that later. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, and Kimmy and I got to go and watch the AFLW. Oh. So it looked amazing. Yes, not the result. that The result was less than amazing for the Brisbane Brisbane Lions um, and pretty pretty gutting for them given that they were minor premiers and Mm. had played so well. And they certainly played well yesterday, but it was a really tight match and it was just hard to get the ball down the field with such good defence from Mm. the Melbourne Demons. When we were driving in, I did have a moment of, oh, God, why have they chosen Springfield to – host a grand final. To give you an idea as we drove in, there were still rollers for road surfaces. Oh, on the side of the road. There's so much development happening out there. Yeah, so the roads were not complete. There were witches hats marking some of the roundabout areas and you sort of were sitting there going, "Okay, hopefully the stadiums built <laughs> in a better shape." And there you know, there's still temporary fencing up and everything like that. So to start with Kim and I were just a bit nervous that we could be walking into something that was chaotic and going to be crazy. And, in fact, when we got there, it's the complete opposite. So got into the ground easily and when you got in there, because there's no – there is a bit of set seating, but otherwise it's all general admission. And because it is smaller, everybody is right on the boundary. Heaps of room, picnics, picnic rugs – It was lucky it wasn't a 35-degree day in Ipswich. It was slightly overcast and had a good breeze. But the atmosphere that created Mm. by being so close was absolutely brilliant for the spectators, but no doubt for the girls playing on the field as well. Mm. I can't imagine it's fun necessarily playing in a huge stadium that's not filled to a level that gives it atmosphere. Oh, yeah, that would be quite disheartening, I imagine. Yeah, so something that I was a bit... Like, oh, how will this go? This is a big call from the AFLW. I think for the players, it was a great choice. I think for the spectators who could get there, it was a great choice. And it was just a nice way for the Brisbane Lions to open their new facilities. But it was also like an incredible spectacle. Like, they had Delta Goodrum.
0: Oh, they threw everything at it. They had Cody Simpson singing the national anthem. They had a Simpson
1: in Springfield. <laughs> yeah, they did. And that's not from, that was one of the ABC commentators <laughs> put that out there. And I thought, Clever, our friend of the pod, friend of the pod Cody, uh, and he did a great job. The whole stadium stood up and happily sung the national anthem, and yeah, it was just a what a fantastic afternoon mm. for sport. And hopefully next year the AFLW can get ahead of it a bit more and get those stadiums in place early so that more fans can get get in. And but who wants to watch AFLW? Uh, everybody. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I was being sarcastic. Oh God, I was like.
1: <laughs> Libby, that's soft brand for you.
2: <laughs> you didn't pick up my sarcasm. No? It just seemed like a real twat. like, what? <laughs> Do you need a coffee?
1: <laughs> wow. Uh, harsh. Yeah, no, no one's watching it. No. Nobody's watching it. No, it was, it was fantastic. It was great. Well done to the Brisbane Lions and to the AFLW for putting that on and well done to the Melbourne Demons who. Took home the trophy. I mean, fabulously for them, sadly for the Lions, took home the trophy and, yeah. and deservingly so. Amazing.
0: Also, the women's big bash league.
1: Did you watch some of it?
0: I watched a little. I watched Elise Perry. Yes, she's pretty fabulous. Yeah, I have a massive girl crush on her. Do
1: you? Yeah. Right. Maybe we should talk to her. Well, I think we should. She's epic. Well, hopefully, we're going to record around the the first test that's happening up in Brisbane in a couple of weeks. So maybe we should ask her on to tell us all about the upcoming season. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Can we get her in studio? what at the gabba yeah <laughs> <laughs> live from the gabba if she's available i think she's sydney based it could be she is sydney based we we have no budget to do that <laughs> damn it one day one day we will <laughs> one day we'd like to fly you up <laughs> we're going
0: to fly you up please
1: uh, yes the bbl uh finals happened saturday night the adelaide strikers beat the sydney sixers that was a big result right mm. cuz the sydney sixers were the favorite weren't they i don't know no, I'm not entirely sure. They were pretty evenly matched uh, and it was just in those last couple of overs that the Sydney Strikers didn't quite get the runs that they needed and then lost key wickets. Yeah. But it was just so great to see. There was a big win for the Adelaide Strikers. Mm. So it, they were thrilled with that result. And, again, uh, it was at North Sydney Oval, a great little – a smaller facility but atmosphere plus mm. because – of that venue.
2: But I, I
0: don't know why, like, I, I mean, I don't think we kind of talk that way, but I think a lot of people are like, oh, small facilities, small grounds. Like some of my favourite events have been held at smaller grounds. Right. Because I used to live um, in, in a West Sydney and we used to go and watch the West Tigers play at whatever that field was called. can't remember now because my brain doesn't work. Um, but, it's yeah, it's brilliant. You're like, you're right on the field. Everybody's just having a great time. It's really
1: family friendly. It's easy. Yeah. It's quick and easy to get in and out. And again, I think you're creating atmosphere for players and that's got to be fun and a thrill. Yeah. As opposed to an echoey stadium like the Australian cricket team had in Melbourne the other week where they played England in a one day test that nobody knew about. And only like 10,000 people turned up to the MCG. Yeah. It's dire. Yeah, it looks so bad. That's sad. And it's got to be awful for them to play in a big Echoey stadium that nobody's in. If you th- you you know you think about when India played Pakistan or any of those matches in the T Twenty World Cup, and that mm. stadium was absolutely packed, and then to go, oh, is there even anybody there? <laughs> Hello, it must like it must
0: echo like a tumbleweed just blowing through the stadium. Yeah, I
1: think. <laughs> Whoever the gods are of cricket that determine the scheduling, it was a big push to put a three-match, one-day international series on straight after the T20. (laughs) It's
0: too much cricket. There is just
1: too much cricket at the moment. Yeah.
0: Let's just dial it back on the cricket.
1: I watched the Socceroos. When I I say I watched the Socceroos on Saturday night, what that actually meant was that I finished watching the BBL and I flicked it over to SBS to watch the Socceroos. And it was 8 o'clock. Happy, started watching the game and the next minute I woke up and it was half time. Oh, cool. So I missed <laughs> I missed the only goal that Australia scored <laughs> that during the, the match. The goal really, uh, the match winning goal, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. 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 So I slept through that. I woke up See for half time.
0: <laughs> this is the hard thing that I find about like, you know, test cricket and soccer is that you walk away for a second or you fall, you happen to fall asleep. I mean, I, got, I went nowhere.
1: Just nine eyes. And you miss the thing. That happens once in that day. Or match or whatever. Even my daughter, my daughter Lucy said to Ben, my husband, yesterday morning, they must have been watching a replay and Lucy's like, oh, that, that's this, that goal that mummy slept through. <laughs> Thanks, Lucy. That's hurtful. And then I did watch the whole second half and, and it was incredible and I saw nothing <laughs> except I saw an amazing the Australian goalkeeper did such a good job he was under so much pressure for that game and took so many good saves and the whole that whole team played an incredibly great defensive match and there were many opportunities they also had on for a goal but it still was very exciting even though I did miss most <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I don't know. Given my form with the Saturday night match at an, at 8pm, I don't think I'm any chance of waking up for the Denmark match this week, which is at like 2am on Thursday morning. Oh, like
0: I'm always so impressed when I hear people actually wake up for that stuff.
1: Oh, I think it. The, I have memories of waking up to watch World Cup Rugby Union when I was – like a teenager. Oh, you really like sport. I, no, but it was an, it was an adventure. Okay, let's set the alarm. <laughs> let's get up at 3 o'clock. Let's watch Australia. I mean, Australia also used to win a lot more then, so it was worth getting up for.
0: Although we had a win this week.
1: We did against Wales. Wales, yeah. yeah. I didn't watch that because I'm a Wasn't bit Wasn't it burnt. Park, obviously? I was, I'm burnt. <laughs> I have invested so much of my time. <laughs> like, I'm not watching until you're consistently winning again, guys. Yeah. Well, a bit fair weather, but also also I can't seem to stay awake for what I'm trying to watch so uh, what chance have I got
0: waking up for it
1: yeah but that I mean if if Australia can draw or win against Denmark then we're through to the next round and that would be the first time we've stepped out of the pool matches ever ever yes so this is huge what?
3: look we don't fact check often on this show but georgie did screw this one up Australia's best result at the FIFA World Cup was actually in 2006 where they made it through to the round of 16 and were controversially knocked out in the final minutes of a game against Italy where the ref called a penalty but that definitely was not a penalty. And they got a free kick one-on-one against the keeper. They put it away and unfortunately knocked Australia out.
1: Fact checked. Uh, now that I think about it, maybe I should get up. No, I'll just watch the replay. <laughs> watch the highlights. I'll just watch the highlights. <laughs> get sledged by my daughter <laughs>
0: yes I love that so much
1: other little random bits can I tell you about yeah well actually no can I have one little yeah I'm sorry I've been such a
0: <laughs> no no I've I'm, I'm very excited okay about you this go. One. so um just this past week Anna Mears, so cycling great unbelievable human let alone Olympic gold medalist multiple times over Anna Mears, got announced this week as the chef de mission for Paris 2024. That's Olympic amazing. Games. And, like, I, I don't know, it's one of those things. Like, she's my vintage. She has been to the same kind of Olympic Games plus more than I did. And it's such a pleasure to watch a woman – in administration, it's like sports administration, just go from strength to strength. And I just think she will make such an incredibly positive impact on the Olympic team and the Australian Olympic team. I'm just so excited to kind of watch her grow into that role. So well done, Anna.
1: Yeah, that's exciting. I did see that and I thought what a great person to put in now, as you lead, particularly in the lead up to Brisbane. Has Anna Mears been in cycling administration up until now she's she's mostly been working with the olympic
0: movement okay yeah and the commonwealth games she's been a part in different capacities through different teams but i just think she's an epic pick for this
1: and what is excuse my ignorance what is a chef de mission
0: they're the head of the
1: thing but what does that mean do they bring the vibe <laughs>
0: I, I actually have oh, no come idea. on you're an olympian <laughs> i actually have no idea they're the very important person that gets spoken to a lot about stuff. Right. Are they like the boss of the team? Essentially. Like there's a chef de mission. There's a deputy's
1: chef de mission. Mm-hmm. Jay- All Jay- I'm seeing is organisational <laughs> structure. <No. laughs>
3: I don't know what their role is. Come on. Quick Google says the person in charge of a national team at an international sports event. Oh, yeah, so it's
1: not specific to the Olympics. No, the uh. chef. No, no. <laughs> I'm asking some really tough questions today. No, so her, this role is specific to the Olympic Games. Yes, yeah. Okay, but a chef de mission isn't just a – it's not a specifically Olympic role. It could be – you could be the chef de mission across another sport or – You could be the chef de mission of the sport social. Positions I think,
0: available. I think you should be. <laughs> I nominate you. Thank you. <laughs> I,
1: I accept. Yes,
0: Kimmy, Kimmy's deputy of this small little operation. <laughs> I will be former gold medalist, <laughs> not former.
1: Oh, sorry. Once a gold medalist, always a gold medalist. Georgie. I love, I love that in Australia, if you're a prime minister, you're not. A, you're always then referred to as a former prime minister. But if you're an Olympian, you're always an Olympian.
0: Well, it's like the American presidents. You're forever President Obama. I think we've spoken about this before. I'm forever an Olympian, Georgie. <laughs>
1: Um, I want to round out this chat by letting you know that another mining magnate has decided to sponsor Netball. Yes, I, I kind of love I this love story is. so much. I particularly love where he's chosen to fund. So uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's very pointed. It's really targeted. It's a real clap back. So Twiggy Forest has come on board to sponsor Uh, The West Coast Fever, who are a, a super netball team, who lost their funding as part of the fallout when Gina Reinhart and the Diamonds fell to pieces. Split ways. So Gina then also decided she wouldn't fund any netball in the country. Seriously? Yes, she pulled out her funding for West Coast Fever and also for a development program as part of Netball WA. And then Twiggy has turned around and said, I got this, guys. I've got this. So he's now sponsoring West Coast. And he is also sponsoring a specific Netballer WA, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Pathway program. Which is... And I love
0: that. He's an interesting human. I would like to interview him. He would be
1: very fascinating. Is he a former athlete? No. No. I don't think so. (laughs) Could be.
0: Maybe. Everyone's got a former athlete in them somewhere. (laughs) Everyone's got that,
1: right? Um,
0: It feels very targeted and I, I quite like that.
1: Well... You know, we're, we're willing to take on any – no, let's just cut that. <laughs> <laughs> I got, Twiggy. I got if, distracted if, by Jason. Twiggy, if you want to sponsor the sports social. No! <laughs> Can we just cut from where Libby Jason <laughs> <laughs> Jason's like, scrap that. Scrap it all. I don't know that we want to go down that path. What, of... what
0: are your highlights this time? <laughs> <laughs> For those not in the know, we've been trying to land on a final segment bit to talk to you all about, and we can't land on a name. I'm now deci- I've decided that it should be highlights, but then there's a whole thing about: are we pre-capping or are we recapping? Are we recommending? Are we? Just talking, drawing our attention to something. The real term for
1: vibe. We've so, really lost the plot at this point.
0: So, if anybody has suggestions of what we can call our final segment, which is basically where we're trying to draw people's interest to somewhere, to something. To something, perhaps. To something. And I think highlights is great. And Georgie's suggestion was two things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't throw me under the bus.
0: There's no wrong answers in Brainstorming Libby. There is no wrong answers, <laughs> but Highlights is the correct oh! answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: right. Well, I would like to put a highlight yes. on – Well, it's something we probably both want to talk about. Kids participated in – well, for my girls, the first their first ever dance concert um, and for your daughter Poppy, something that Poppy's done a few times. And I owe – dancing and particularly our dance studio are an apology because when my girls first started dancing all I could think was we are not dance people Mm. I am very out of my comfort zone I'm very comfortable with sports but and dancing is a sport but dancing I don't know it just puts me in a realm of I don't know how to do hair I don't know how to do makeup this is a bit full-on for me Uh, and so the girls Really wanted to do dancing there. So they do acro through a beautiful little studio we have in Brisbane called Superstars. And when I first found Superstars, one of my friends described it as the dance studio for non-dance mums. And I thought – you are my people. Yes. I feel okay here.
0: And because you're my adultier adult, I just take any recommendation that you give me. And I'm like, cool. It's You've good done enough. the research. Great. <laughs> it's good
1: enough for Georgie. Done. Sold. So the girls participated in their first dance concert uh, a couple of weeks ago. And what I saw was just beautiful. These were kids who had the biggest smile on their face. They might have they might have been a bit out of time or got yeah. their dance moves wrong. It didn't matter. They were having the greatest time of their lives. Every child in that uh, studio who wanted to be in the concert went on the stage. No one panicked or got overawed by the moment. And I think yeah. that says something about how comfortable they made them feel. And the other fabulous thing that I just couldn't get out of my mind was that Watching these performances, there were girls and boys of all abilities, all shapes and sizes, so much diversity, and all so included in that moment. Yeah. And I just don't know that you always find that. I've had – so I've
0: had two different experiences with dance schools, not superstars. Superstars has always been magic. They don't, like, charge you for every single uniform or outfit or costume. And this is not an ad for superstars. No, this isn't. I, it's not. But I, I, when I was dancing, I stopped dancing because I got told that I was too fat.
1: Oh, too, no.
0: When I was 10.
1: Oh, that's so right? bad. Right? So that's, oh. that's
0: where I'm coming from in terms of dance schools, right? And I still feel like a lot of dance schools place a lot of onus and importance on looks and presenting a certain way perfect hair perfect makeup which is again why I was like oh I don't know about dancing and you come into a, a dance school like superstars and it's like makeup's not compulsory this is the how we'd like the, you to do the hair just the, do the best you can you know high ponytail I was like <laughs> yeah. I can do that I had pigtail plaits so that was perfect for me but yeah the Miss, uh, I was going to call her Miss Rachel. Rachel, <laughs> the owner of <laughs> Rachel Tiernan. Tiernan and Miss Bronte, uh, just the most vivacious, bubbly, welcoming humans, and and that's what sport is, and that's what dancing should be, and that's what everything that encourages kids to move their body in different ways should be all about. So big shout out to them.
1: Yeah, if you've got kids and they've expressed an interest in dancing, and you're slightly intimidated. Go and see if you can find a dance studio that aligns with yes. what you're into and what you think sport should be about. Yeah. Any other highlights? There, I did come across an article. It's in a similar vein. Uh, there's a, a fabulous studio in Adelaide called All Abilities and they are specifically set up for kids with a disability to participate in dance and cheerleading. Oh, cool. And they just went to like the national cheerleading – Championships, which actually happened to be in Brisbane over the weekend, and all of their teams placed in the top three in their different categories. Oh, so good. And they just said the impact of having those kids involved and participating in cheerleading and dance has been fantastic and to see, again, a studio that's promoting diversity mm. and being incredibly inclusive and able to compete on a national stage... I just thought that was well worth putting a, a highlight on. A highlight. That sounds weird. A well worth on. highlighting.
0: <laughs> my so my one was well, just quick. I I have immediately fallen into an F one post racing depression, oh! and so I've started watching Drive to Survive
1: <laughs> <laughs> from season one, and it's so good. It's still good. It's so good. Wow. But actually I have rewatched a couple of maybe the first season and it is yeah it's excellent. Well it's when Daniel was with Red Bull. Well and Daniel's gone back. We we yes. can now confirm he's their third you driver. You're not you're not hearing it here first. You're hearing it like a week so later here. So far
0: behind where it was. But yes, He's the third driver and we all have a conspiracy theory about this. We don't actually think he will race for Red Bull ever but he might go. Well Jace, you just give him a little
3: give him your thoughts you here hear this here first. <laughs> Hot off the press. I think what is happening is Tsunoda is contracted until the end of 2023. Hang on, who's Tsunoda? Yuki. Yuki, Yuki. Yuki Tsunoda, who races for AlphaTauri. Yes. But he's only contracted until the end of next year. Yes. AlphaTauri,
0: for those who don't remember, is related to Red Bull. Yes. Only and Red
3: Bull. Nick DeVries, who is a rookie, coming in for his first F1 year. Mm-hmm. Next year, we'll be racing for Alpha Tori as well. So, they would, wouldn't want two rookies inexperienced drivers. They so need I Danny Rick. They're going to bring Danny Rick as a reserve driver for next year, then 2024, bring him to Alpha Tori, get rid of Yuki Sonoda. Yes. Then you've got an experienced driver and a really talented rookie to Done. You heard well, it That here sounds first, magical.
1: Everybody. Do you think they'll start pushing Yuki out next year? Yeah.
3: Right. I, I, he's not performing.
1: He's is he crashing everything? He is a loose unit. He's
3: yeah, and he doesn't speak to everyone. From oh. from Drive to Survive, this is what you see. <laughs> I don't know the He got real the villain he got the villain edit yeah, in Drive to Survive yeah, did, yeah. or the
1: sweary edit. Yeah. He just so we just to go. Everywhere.
3: That's all that's all fact. <laughs>
1: I mean it's all fact obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: You can't edit something that's not there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. Where'd, hang on. And then we can cut this out. But where did Pierre Gasly go? Cuz he was Alfdori, so wasn't he? He's Alpine. Alpine. Albin. Albin.
3: So he'll be with Ocon?
1: Yeah. Oh. And
3: I love Bradley. Esteban.
0: He's like my he's he's probably my favorite. When he got cut, I was devastated for Ocon, and then he got brought back in and I'm I'm a big Ocon fan.
1: Can't wait. Cool. cool. Good chats. Good <laughs> chats. Good highlighting.
0: <laughs> Good review. I mean, wait, no, no. Rate, review. God. <laughs> like, share, subscribe, please
1: um yeah we hope you had a great time listening to us <laughs> thank you for listening like Libby said if you like what you hear can you please rate and review us because that helps other people find us it's part of the algorithm or some some such it's beyond our pay grade but it would be of great <laughs> assistance that would be great
0: and if you want to hear more about different sports stuff head to at the sports social on the line On the line. On the Instagram.
2: Oh,
1: wow. Okay. (laughs) Let's wrap this up.
2: Okay, have fun, everybody. Bye.